This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. One of the more interesting parts of West Virginia history is the fact that several of the most successful and well-known coaches are from right in our backyard. Current Marshall University head men's basketball coach Dan D'Antoni is one of them on the list. Dan has seen incredible success at the high school, collegiate, and pro level, even coaching guys like Steve Nash, Shaq, and Kobe. In this episode, we dive deep in his past, present, and future, and we discuss what the characteristics are that make a coach and a player successful. This is a fun, energetic, and oftentimes reflective interview with the Thundering Herd leader. So let's get to it right now. Mace, hit the music. The sun does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. everybody welcome into this episode of the mountaineer media podcast cooper simmerman i'm cj harvey today our guest marshall head basketball coach dan d'antoni dan welcome in my man how is uh is your bracket still good since you're like do you do you do brackets still or is that just not oh well, you get me in trouble with the ncaa i don't <laughs> <laughs> i don't even think about it so okay. just watching the games and enjoying they're good games when uh, you see a team like St. Peter's, does that does that blow you away, like a 15 seed doing what they did, making the run to the Elite Eight, or is that just like kind of the today basketball, the era of today's basketball? Well, I think that it's getting closer to today's era. It's still a rarity, but it's still getting more probable now. And because uh, at one time, uh, Gonzaga was not considered, uh, you know, why, yeah. why are we them so it's becoming more of a uh more prevalent than it ever has been and the uh uh portal and uh, the covid that gave everybody an extra year made it even more prominent but i go even further with uh st pete is that's the team that knocked us out of the nit in 1968 so oh, wow. i remember a pretty good had a guy named eldardo webster Scored about 52 points on us in the crowd. And we were supposed to beat them. We had about 18 first half. And then they ended up coming back and beating us at the end. Shouldn't have happened. But uh, he had a great game. And uh, they were pretty prominent back in New York City basketball. Yeah. You almost recruit just within New York and be competitive with anybody in the country. How has the portal, Dan, how has it changed basketball, do you think? I mean, you know, it seems like players obviously have a little bit more flexibility. You see guys kind of maybe if they're not getting the playing time and not even, you know, to mention the NIL stuff in, into the mix. But, like, how, in your opinion, has that drastically changed the game in the last couple of years? Well, I misjudged it a little bit in that I didn't realize. I'm, I'm looking for talent and skills. And one of the things I didn't include that the portal gives you is age for your mm-hmm. team. And, like, for instance, we were playing uh, Western. Our oldest guy was Tavion Kinsey at the floor at one time. He was 21. Their youngest was 23. And, they, uh, you know, that gap within the age of 20 to 25 is huge for young men. 
And I, there's a lot of physical development and going from a young man to a, a man. And uh, we, we got caught too young this year and uh, everybody stayed old because everybody went to the portal and brought older, more experienced players into their team. And they didn't have any young teams all of a sudden. And so we got caught, we were the young team and we came close, but we didn't have the, uh, the strength and the experience to finish games against guys that were on the average two, three years older than everybody we had. Right. Yeah. Cause I guess in theory, you could almost make like a veteran team almost every year. Well, that's what they did. Like, you know, that's what like... they did. Look at Miami. Miami was, uh, I think, under 500, maybe five games or six games under 500 year before, went all the way to the semifinals, but redid their team. Brought yeah. in older, experienced guys. And uh, I, it's more uh, – it's not as much about the uh, skill sets or who's the better player, but what happens is that you used to have a more experienced player and your team is filled with roster is all seniors or six-year guys or five-year guys. Mm-hmm. And playing against us who are one- and two-year guys. Yeah. And uh, it made a huge difference, I found out the hard way. Yeah. What's the other side of that, that although maybe some teams have age, maybe they just lack this symbiosis with the, among the team, you know, like maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you lose something. It's not all perfect. You have hits and misses even in that. But your chances are a lot better on the hits and misses, I, I, I assume uh, what I guess I'm saying. But uh, the other thing is the other disadvantage you have is you got to recruit every year. Mm-hmm. And now I'll you're going to. I mean, you're always recruiting because you're always graduating or losing players because they've started late. Yeah. And the other part of it is not only are you losing players, what have you done to your high school picks? They're looking at you going, okay, I worked my tail off this year and I'm, I'm ready to play. And then you go out getting one two years older than him and you set him back down. Well, after a while, I don't know how that's going to play into, okay, recruiting. Now you're always in the portal and you never get high school kids. Where does that go? Because you're not showing any trust in them. So why do they trust you? So what happens is at the end of the year, they go into the portal. You you had something going on. You don't, I don't know you anything. You brought somebody above me. So now I'm going into the portal. Hmm. I have heard that. Like, sorry to cut you off, but like there's a, there's an increasing, like, you know, it's the, like the join the, join the team your freshman year and stay for all four years and play for the school that maybe that mindset and, and feel of the players is changing. I mean, it's not their fault. It's just the realities, the dynamics of, of college sports is that maybe I'm not quote unquote as low to the team. If some, some other teams in my ear saying I'll be a starter. Well then heck, I mean, like I worked my butt off to get there. Maybe, I, maybe I will go to a new school. So the, yeah, I could see where that would, that would change quite a bit. Oh, I, I... I think without a question, it's uh, the rules that allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. What the rules that, that they played by changed. There was a penalty to leave. Mm-hmm. Not one, you know, you just put your name in the portal and go. Now, it hadn't all played out. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Game. I don't know. It hadn't played out yet. There are downsides and upsides. And the, as to which one will be more prevalent, I think we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. When you you said you've been, you know, no brackets, I get that. Uh, but the, when you do watch some of these games this year, have any of these teams surprised you? Have you, you know, any of the other 
non-St. Peter's teams surprised you or any good relationships with coaches that you have that are still hanging around, any of that? Well, I know Mike Krzyzewski well. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your relationship with Coach K? You know, obviously, I've known, him, last year. I've known him from when we were in Phoenix and uh, yeah. uh, when I was with Phoenix. And, and I went to K. I, I've known him a long time and, uh, you know, wishing him the best. Uh, I really enjoy watching Villanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're more more the athlete type of athlete that we would get. We're not going to get uh, the K type of athlete. Mm-hmm. We can uh, a lot of the things that Villanova does, our kids can emulate and still be very good at. And obviously, Final Four, a great job, coaching job that he does. Um, Roy Williams retired on me, so I, you yep. know, <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. And as they all retired, uh, I said, Shashevsky's retiring, so I moved up to the number three spot. You number got three. Mayheim and uh, 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 Cliff Ellis. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm going to send Cliff, since we're going into his league, I'm going to say, no, you need to retire. I need to move up to number two. <laughs> yeah. oh, and then Mayheim probably got one more year, but he's got a couple of years, three years. I, I don't know if I can get that far. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dan, I mean, coaching but I obviously. Be number one now. I'm close. Yeah, you are close. close. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but you are close. Well, Dan, well, I mean, number one's never a good bad. thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Basketball's been central, you could say, to your life. Literally, you know, maybe your entire life, right? Maybe you know, this podcast we try to we have influential West Virginians on to you know talk about their relationship with the state, how it shaped them, right? Try to highlight some of the positive things. Take us back. Is it Mullins, West Virginia? When you were when you were growing up in Southern West Virginia, what was your mindset? I mean, were you thinking like this is the state I'm going to stay here? I want to travel the world. Was basketball your kind of main priority coming out, or like what was your early mindset being a native of Southern West Virginia? Well, you thought I was a real mature person. <laughs> Not that deep. I don't, I don't go that deep. Uh, you know, growing up in West Virginia, I wouldn't trade it for the world. We were Mayberry before it became TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you even know who Mayberry is. Uh, Opie Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Taylor, the Andy Taylor show. You might know him. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was Mayberry. And we lived in a, uh, a real naive but beautiful setting in that uh, uh, didn't get a lot of news from the outside. So you, nothing was tainted. Uh, you lived your life by getting up, eating breakfast. Your parents were there. You opened the door. You didn't come back till eight o'clock. They didn't worry about where you were. You didn't, uh, you didn't have uh, uh, any of the downfalls that might, you might find today. Uh, we played ball. My dad was big on, you know, you got childhood once, I'm going to let you live it. And I played ball and bicycle tag and swam. And I played baseball. I played football, played basketball. I'd come home and eat and I'd run back out and go to the swimming pool or go eat and play games, bicycle tag. And, you know, just all day long, I was running, yeah. doing something. And uh, we made it up. There weren't video games. We, we had to be creative in the way we made things up. We, and uh, it was, uh, I, I, you know, we took car tops and uh, went down to the uh, uh, used car lot places and uh, dumps and find car tops and dam up the creek and put turn the car tops over and they were ships. And we had big poles and tried to sink each other in the river, you know. <laughs> we, did, we did stuff like that, went crawdad fishing, you know, went fishing. 
just a great childhood. Did I concentrate on anything basketball-wise? Probably not until I was uh, about seventh grade. Started realizing I was too little for football. And, uh, I hit a home run in baseball and shortstop called it. So I, I you know, I, I went to Little League. You know, when you make that transition from Little League to Babe Ruth, bases go from 60 feet to 90 feet, and the outfield goes what was a deep shortstop was a home run. Now is the shortstop. Yep. I, I, I knew when I was 13, I hit I hit as hard as I could hit, and I said, man, this is going out of here, and the shortstop backed up and called it. That might not be the sport for me. <laughs> I'm a sport. <laughs> I, moved, I moved on, you know, just after. <laughs> find something I could be successful with. And uh, I loved West Virginia. Uh, I never thought, you know, this is me. and I will always be here. And, you know, I took, I take life one day at a time. I don't get too far ahead and I don't think too much backwards. Uh, it's basically, uh, and I, I got that from my dad. You live, you live every day, you live within moderation and uh, good things will happen if you work hard. And yeah. uh, that's kind of my thought processes were about that simple as that. Nothing complicated. Yeah. Life took me. I've never, I'm sitting here today. My first resume uh, I gave to Marshall after they had already hired me. So I've never had a resume. I've never, <laughs> I've never even asked to apply for a job ever. Wow, okay. I've never yeah. applied for a job. I've always been said, you want this job? You want this? <laughs> Just get moving. And they called me and I went, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. here I am, you know, by circumstance, not yeah. uh, right place, right time. That's what that's called. Right. Well, you know what? My dad always said, it's better to be lucky and good. Good gets beat. Lucky never does. <laughs> he never does. That's true. So uh, you, you play your years at Marshall. Did you, anything stick out when you were playing at Marshall, like the NIT run, is that kind of, <laughs> Is that well, maybe the best I, memory that you had? Well, obviously, because the NIT at that time, if you listen to the broadcast, uh, mm -hmm. they told you that the NIT was more more prestigious than the NCAA when we played. Duke, mm -hmm. was in it. Uh, uh, there was a Syracuse was in it. Uh, Marquette turned down the NCAA and went to the uh, NIT. So it was a different tournament than what you see today. And uh, so, uh, yeah, going to New York was big. Again, I'm not deep. I uh, I just went, you know. You just then played, yeah. Somebody somebody said, oh, you're in a place bigger than the entire – you could put 10 Mullinses inside the, where you play. And I go, oh, really? You know, it didn't matter. <laughs> I just go go play. You know, I didn't didn't think much about it. I, my parents gave me a lot of confidence. They, they always told me, keep my feet on the ground. Don't get in awestruck with anything. And then just do the best you can. You know what? That's good enough. And whatever happens, you deal with it. And that's kind of the way I've been to this day, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's not uh, as deep as some people are, a lot more uh, contemplating than I am. I'm not I'm not that type. I, yeah. I just I see what I want to do. I try to do the best I can, and I run for it. And I don't look sideways, and I don't look behind me. Just go for it. CJ, we've got big news here at Mountaineer Media. Mr. B Chips has agreed to stay on board and remain our presenting sponsor for all of 2022. 
that's easily the best news of 2022 so far. I'm a little biased. I get it. But no, this is huge news for us. And Marianne Kettleson is the CEO of Mr. Beef Potato Chip, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. So Marianne, thank you for believing in us. We certainly believe in what you and Mr. B is doing as a whole. And Cooper, Marianne, just like one of the coolest people out there, right? We've spoken with her on a handful of occasions. She's ultra supportive, but she's just like this down to earth, chill person, the queen bee, as we like to say. He's an absolute rock star, guys. Check him out, MrB.com. Find them in your local grocery store. We're so, so uh, proud and supportive of Mr. B because they believe in us and they believe in West Virginia. Cooper, there are a couple of things in life that you really just like can't mess up. You really have to nail it on the head, like buying a car, buying a home, buying an engagement ring, something that you and producer Mason Jack just went through. And both of you guys just bought your rings from one of the most trusted jewelry stores in all of West Virginia, and they are now a proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media, Calvin Royals Jewelry. And Cooper, that was a great decision that you made going to them to buy that ring, wasn't it? It absolutely was. It was a little stressful, but I tell you what, once I walked into the doors at Calvin Boyles, I went to their South Charleston location and look, they made it so easy. I was not put under any pressure. I was informed. It was fun. It was uplifting. It was all about creating the best experience for me buying it, but also with my fiance in mind. They listened to me and I ended up getting a great piece of jewelry. And I think you can too. Anybody listening can go to South Charleston, Taze Valley or Beckley, go in there and see Calvin Boyles, mention Mountaineer Media. And I'm they're going to get a little smile across their face because they're investing right back in West Virginia. They even have something called the Horton West Virginia Collection and money that comes from that goes towards a scholarship for West Virginia students. So they believe in West Virginia just like we do. Calvin Royals Jewelers, proud partner of Mountaineer Media. Yeah, you can check them out online. They also have stores in Beckley, Taze Valley, and like Cooper said, South Charleston. So check them out online, check them out in stores. But Calvin Broyles Jewelry, proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media. I like it. Well, I mean, we asked, we had Bob Huggins on the podcast and I asked him to, I said, you know, is it rewarding obviously to be a coach and you're, you're coaching a game, you know, of young men, but how rewarding, I guess it is to, like you just mentioned earlier, we were alluding to is that you're basically taking boys at the time they're 18, they're boys, right? They're, they're children, right? They were just at their parents' house, you know, getting food from their mom and dad, like a month prior than now you're kind of a, you're a big figure in their life. It's their coach. They're loyal to their team. They're, they work hard and whatnot. And then when they leave a college program, they're men, right? They're grown men. Has that been over the years? Does it just need to basically have that experience for you stays the same? You're the head coach. You're the coach of it or assistant coach. Um, to see that cycle happen over and over again and watching these guys kind of develop outside of basketball, but just become, you know, who they are and develop their values and all that as they, as they become professionals. I kind of related to the way uh, Christmas, how Christmas evolves for people. You know, when you're young, you get all the gifts, you're excited, you run down and you're excited and it's fun. It's, it's a great feeling. But when you are a dad and you're able to give the gifts and watch mm -hmm. them, enjoy what you gave it's more it's more rewarding and mm -hmm. I, I said it that way my playing days were great for me mm -hmm. but reward and self and satisfaction of helping others is always better than things that you enjoy for yourself so I, I enjoy watching these young men I try to do the best I 
And I tell them when they come in here, you know, I'm always going to make decisions with Marshall and the team first, but then I'll never forget you. I will always try to do the best I can inside that parameter. And you have to be a part of it. And uh, you ha- there's your responsibility to, uh, uh, to come every day to get better. And it's my responsibility is give you that opportunity to show what you work for. And, uh, you know, I try to do it that way. It's not always perfect, but uh, uh, some, some people, you know, it doesn't quite measure up to what they want, but I've been very fortunate. And I had, I had a high school player one time tell me, uh, he's a good friend of mine now, but uh, uh, in fact, he made Ukos of money in, in construction. He's worth a ton of money. But <laughs> I remember going, going back and I was probably, 45, he was 30, because I had him when I first started. There's about 15 year gap, maybe 12, even 12 year gap. No, not he was 17. No, about 11 year gap. And uh, he came back and said, You know, I didn't like you till I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have those those teachers that you went to school and oh, yeah. hated them, but when you got away, you appreciated them because exactly. they and they taught you, and you were a better person once you left. So I, you, you really enjoy that. I, I do. Like I said, it's not always perfect. Can't always satisfy everybody to the max, but my heart is to do that. And my, uh, my goal is to do that. Sometimes it's just impossible to do. Yeah. Of your current memories at Marshall, uh, the NCAA tournament win, is that maybe the, the, the top of, of one of them or is it, you know, kind of this transitioning of, of young men into men, you know, where do you almost take more pride in like the, the wins on the court or the wins off the court? W's have win, uh, limited value and uh, they're valuable. I don't want to undersell it, but uh, I've found that people who overvalue W's, it's really about them and not about what it should be. I'm more about the sport and the players that play it. Uh, I want basketball to be seen and played. Uh, because I, I, I think it's a great sport and that I want it played in a way that's entertaining, that is fun for the uh, fan base, that they and the players come in and enjoy playing that uh, that way, enjoy mm-hmm. the experience here. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a lot of problems with the portal in that uh, kids, once they're here, they, they like it. Yeah. They have to kick them out, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we've lost a few, but most of it has been uh, playing time. It's it, you know they just want to play, which I understand, and I just I'm honest with them when I bring them in here. I'll just say, you know what, I wish, but it doesn't look like you're going to play here. You want us to help you get somewhere where you're going to play. Mm-hmm. That's about the only ones we lose. We don't lose the ones that play. Uh, uh, Tavion, who had a chance, and he's going to explore the. Uh, in uh, the uh, NBA, and he, I asked him because I asked every one of them at the end. I said, "Well, if the NBA doesn't work out, which I understand you're going, if that is the case, if that doesn't work out, or uh, what are you going to do?" He said, "Well, I'm coming back here." I said, "You're not going to go to Portal." He said, "No, I'm going to stay here." So uh, you know, they've had a lot of opportunities. A lot of people have talked to him, but uh, Andy, Andy uh, uh, had plenty of offers. Obina had plenty of places, but uh, they're all here and, and we're going to try to make Marshall. I try to sell Marshall, not me. 
that this is your home, this is your place, and you're playing for the fan base and, uh, and the school. And uh, uh, you owe them your best efforts. And I, I feel like here at Marshall, we give our fan base gives us their best effort. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good situation. And 20 years from now, they're going to remember, I, uh, for instance, me, I remember my friendships more than I remember which game we won or lost. Exactly. And it, it stays with you uh, forever for me. Now, some people will say, oh, ain't tough. you ain't tough enough. And I said, well, maybe so, but I'm happy how you feel. PJ, when we see other West Virginia companies pouring their heart and soul into the Mountain State, it really does fire us up. And our sponsor, Building Appalachia, man, I tell you, they're doing exactly that. Go ahead and tell the listeners what exactly Building Appalachia does. Well, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, definitely reach out to Building Appalachia, buildingappalachia.com. Jordan Christ and Jacob Skinner, we had them on the podcast. They're genuine guys, and they just want to make this part of West Virginia better. They want to connect people with their perfect home, or they want to renovate a home and connect it with who, somebody that it might be their perfect home, the next family that moves in there. So find these guys online, buildingappalachia.com. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, these are the guys that you need to get connected with. Now, you spoke a little bit about the NBA. I mean, does something come to mind? You've, you've been, you know, you've been at the NBA ranks. The, like, what's something that's like that someone like from an outside perspective, like me, like I'm not a coach, I'm not like studying the game of basketball. What is, what are some of the key, I guess, differences or the different levels of, of a professional player at, at the college level or at the college level versus a professional player at, the, at that level? Like, does anything stand out or come to mind to make it to that next level? Maybe that's not you know, obvious, like, you know, being six foot 10 and, you know, extremely fast. Is there any type of characteristic or attribute that you kind of see that, okay, this, this kid maybe has a shot at, at making it in the NBA? Well, obviously a lot of it's DNA, you know, <laughs> which you don't have a lot of control over. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you and you're probably not going to be a great NBA player. So <laughs> you, you can go out to practice all you want. And they go right. Out. You know, right. so you know, uh, there's there's a lot of DNA involved in it. But uh, uh, at the different levels, the teams that I've coached, and, and whether you know it's me or just the players, or uh, maybe it's the situation, uh, I found that uh, they they'll put their heart in it at all three levels. A lot of people think that maybe the NBA is, you know, a little more. Uh, they don't uh, have their heart and soul in it or, or whatever. They're about the money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I found that not so true. I mean, there's obviously exceptions, mm -hmm. but uh, for the most part, the NBA young men that I, I worked with, with uh, New York and uh, Phoenix and uh, LA, uh, those guys, they, they work now. They come in, they're, they're, they're worried about their job. I mean, it's a, it's a lifetime opportunity for them. Uh, they, 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 they work you to death because they want to get better. Yeah. They want to stay good. You know, they, and they're good guys, 90% of them, 95, maybe they're good guys that just work hard and, and trying to do well for themselves and their family. So I haven't seen a lot of difference. Obviously skill difference is there. Uh, sometimes uh, the DNA, as far as the body mass definitely helps size and everything else is there 
speed, but the efforts and their hearts and their uh, mindsets, very similar. You know, you'll have as many at high school level that uh, think they're too good for the game and as you will in the NBA. And, and I've coached junior high. You have it in junior high too, you know. So it's all, all about relatively the same except for maybe the DNA part of it. And then that kind of, you know, once you get – I've had high school players that were dedicated to the very end, and I've had college players here that are dedicated – John Elmore is yeah. De- oh, yeah. dedicated to the very end. And I've had professional players like Landry Fields or uh, Steve Nash that are dedicated to the very end. So uh, not a lot of difference there. Um, a lot of difference comes in the DNA part of it. Yeah. Uh, only certain amount of things you could do. It was like me. Is the only certain amount of things I could do with a 150-pound, six-foot body. <laughs> That's me. I'll stick to golf. For and me coaching again. basketball is one of them. It's on the list. I, I try to stick to golf, but it ain't very good either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, funny, like, how professional sports work because, like, what you just said, like, if you – everybody works hard, but if you just hit it right, well, man, then you don't have to work forever. Your parents, your mother, your brother, your sister, your dad, your uncle, your kids, three generations ahead might not ever have to work another day in their lives. And there, there are many companies like that in life. You're not, you know. No, no there are not very few. I mean, it's about percent Yeah. Just like I said about my dad, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. Because there's a lot of good players that never make the NBA that if they'd had another time or another team, or just a timing wasn't right. Yeah. And they didn't make it, you know, and they're, they're out on the streets, but they were every bit as good as the people that have played in it before. And you get, like I said, there's, there's a little luck involved in every game you win, every game, every season that you come into and everything that you do in life, you know, it's, it's that way. And you just wish everybody the best. You know, I, I do. I, I've, I've found that, uh, the better people do around me or even not around me, the better opponent that I have, the better it makes me. So yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever, uh, I don't ever wish ill on people. I always uh, hope, wish the best. I'm going to be out there competing. And the more you get and the better you get, the more I compete against it, the better I get, you know, yeah. in some ways it's a little bit selfish on the other ways. It's uh, I think a better way to live. Cause you don't, you're not angry. You never, you never, uh, you don't, you don't look over your shoulder much. It's, it, it's just that you, you just enjoy living. I, I got that off of Hoosiers. Have you ever watched the movie Hoosier? Yeah. <laughs> Remember Jimmy Chitwood when he hit, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the, hit the big shot, right? Yeah. I watched uh, the Hoosier players the whole time celebrate, right? Yeah. And you know where my focus went after the about 10th time I saw it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My focus went to the coach on the other team. Okay. He had a smile on his face. Yeah. He had just lost the biggest game. And he won several state titles, but he had lost the biggest, one of the biggest games of his life. And yet he could appreciate what Jimmy Chitwood did. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew we did all we could. This guy made a better play. And then, you know, he moves on to the next one. So I always – I always told myself, and I had to grow to that. I had a high school game that uh, we lost. I got upset in the 
second round of the state playoffs. We were number one ranked team in South Carolina. And I was driving the bus, you know, I was driving the bus back, big yellow bus, had cheerleaders, <laughs> everybody in the back, and we're driving back after that loss. Got about halfway home, and I, I could feel the blood in my head. It started hitting the top of my head. I had to get off the bus, open the door, walk down, away from the bus, squat, because I thought I was going to pass out, and uh, sit there for a minute. And But during that time, I just said, I'm never going to get myself to this emotional state again. If I'm going to mm-hmm. this business, i got to find a way to handle winning the roller coaster, which you get on, handle the uh, roller coaster better than, uh, than I'm doing it now. And I gradually started getting better. It wasn't instantaneous, but I started taking losses better, started muting down the – not a whole lot on the uh, – celebration man because i'm a big celebration guy but uh uh some a little bit and try to stay a little bit more even killed but i don't ever want to get uh go to and i tell stories i'm sorry but uh there was this lady who was uh two men were su- uh, chasing her a little bit being suitors and uh, uh she picked the one that was a kind of an entrepreneur and out taking gambles and risks and had money, didn't have money. And the other one became a banker and kind of inched his way toward uh, success and wealth. And when uh, uh, her husband passed away, the entrepreneur passed away, he, he was on a downtrend. She didn't have much money. And the banker came up to the funeral behind her and said, I guess you wish you had chose me. And she looked at him and she said, well, I compare my life to going to the uh, county fair. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, there's a roller coaster and there's a, there's a merry-go-round. You don't see lines at the merry-go-round. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's true. So I, yeah. I'm one, you know, but you have to be able to, to uh, uh, survive the down, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and not just survive. You got to appreciate the down knowing the ups come. And uh, this year I had the experience. You had them. And uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to the next day. Like I said, I'm not going to look behind me. I think these young men will step back up and we'll right this ship and move forward. And that's what I'm hoping. TJ, when I'm cooking dinner, I, at this point in the evening, I've got little mental capacity left. So something that has really improved my life and made cooking dinner a breeze is using Ray's Rub. Now, Ray's Rub is a true all-purpose seasoning that's packed full of mouth-watering herbs and spices, 21 of them to be exact. Yeah, it's like a mouthful of flavor when that chicken, pork, or vegetables get in your mouth. When you take that first bite with raised rub sprinkled on top, or if you seasoned it beforehand, it's just like, boom, punches you right in the mouth. It's it's a delicious taste. You can get it on Raise Rub's website or amazon.com, and they just ship it right to your door, man. Brody Prudnick was a former guest. We had him on, he was awesome, and he oversees the Raise Rub operation based out of Morgantown. But uh, man, this is a West Virginia company to its core, and we are, loving to be proud partners with Raise Rub Cooper. Order Raise Rub today. DJ, one of the things that you just got to have in life is a J-O-B. And if you're in West Virginia, I think the best place you can go is Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Now, they're a premier talent acquisition agency. So that means if you're a small business, they can help you get employees. Or if you're just looking for a job, Mountaineer Employment Solutions can help you do that. 
hold on, Cooper, I'm writing that down. You said J-O-B. Oh, job. Yeah, sorry, I'm not great at spelling. That took me a second to get there. But yeah, definitely. Mountaineer Employment Solutions is the way to go if you're looking for a job or for a company that, you know, if you need staffing for your company, definitely check those guys out. You can find them online, beamountaineer.com. That's beamountaineer.com. Bill Carter found this company he's an awesome guy and he's gonna hook you up he's gonna he's genuine man he just wants to help people especially west virginia businesses so go check them out mountaineer employment solutions you can find them online at beamountaineer.com or find either of their locations in person in morgantown and in south charleston yeah Yeah. i want to ask you a quick question that maybe you haven't gotten before not too serious of a basketball question but do coaches you guys think about like a conscious decision or someone is there a team decision like what's the coach gonna like what what are you wearing because you i your style of the unique west virginia shirts underneath the sport jacket <laughs> i like it that's that's cool it's like a signature yeah. thing and, and huggins i think he rocks the the golf poncho quite a bit he used to rock the big flashy suits but like you know is that, is that like a fun thing that you're just like hey i like this west virginia shirt underneath the sport jacket that just kind of become your kind of go-to move uh you know i, I like there's a, i guess there's a and i hope i say this right because i want people to get it right there's a difference between being an egotist and being vain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people see it as similar. Uh, if you look in the dictionary, they might, the synonym might, vain might be, you're an egotist. But the way I look at it is vain is that you're trying to be the best person, present the best look that you can for yourself, mm-hmm. but not think that it's better than anybody else's. Right. An egotist to me thinks everything you do is better than somebody else's. That's what an egotist is. Somebody's vein is just trying to be as good as he can be and won't accept less than that. So I kind of live that type of life. I I just do things that I think look good, you know, on me. And uh, I'm not trying to impress you or the guy (laughs) down the road. I'm not doing it to, I'm not doing it to, oh, I'm going to do this so that they'll look at me and go, wow. I I look at myself and that's it. That's as far as I go. I'm, again, I'm not real deep. No, I love it. I myself, I try to do things that that are without hurting anybody or uh, or taking away from other people. I try to do it in a vein that, uh, in a way that pleases myself without hurting others and I'm conscious of other people around me. I'm not, I, you know, I hate going into a grocery store and the guy picking the cereal puts his buggy in the middle of the room, uh, middle of the aisle, thinking nobody's going to come. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's coming. Would you move your buggy over? <laughs> so as you're picking it out, people can go beside you. So I'm always kind of aware of what other people are doing. But at the same time, I'm going to sit there and pick out the cereal I want. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, I think there is a, uh, uh, there's a blend that you have to live life with, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not always going to be about you. Yeah. Like the less it is about you and the more that you project and help others, I think uh, it's a more fulfilling life. And I, you know, the older I get, the better I, I get at it, you know, and I just want to keep going that way and uh, end up here at Marshall where people feel like, you know, my time here was helpful to yeah. the university. That's certainly not over yet, man. Um, but I, I do want to ask you about, kind of go into your the direction of your family because you you're yeah. high school level at Socasty and then all of a sudden like when what do you remember the first conversation that you had with Mike when 
he took that job and he asked you, Hey, do you want to be on my bench? Right. Is that kind of how that, right. that story goes? Like, well, uh, if you go all the way back and Mike, I'm four years older than Mike. So mm -hmm. when we were on the playgrounds and playing touch football or baseball. I was a picker and because he, he always played with guys my age. Uh, I always took him with us, with mm -hmm. me. And he was a little bigger for uh, his age and could play with a group our age. But if I was picking, which I, I usually did, uh, let's say, for instance, I would go, uh, okay, you can have per first pick. I'll let you have first pick. You can't take Mike. I got him. And you can have anybody else. Yeah. And I told him, he, he got so good in football and basketball, I was giving up three before I could get him. <laughs> you got the next three, I get Mike. So, you know, that, we kind of grew up that way. Uh, we've well, all been that, that tight so when it came his turn i guess he said you know i got danny i'm picking that that's sweet yeah that's so cool, I, that kind of i think how it evolved mostly uh again we we've been a tight family uh from the get-go so uh we compete with each other but we've never fought with each other yeah so that's kind of yeah. been blessed with that i was blessed with parents that promoted that my mom always said that win's good, but there's uh, there's a limit to winning. Don't you cheat, and don't you uh, cheapen that W by doing it the wrong way, and you just kind of uh, deal with it. Sometimes uh, I wish that when I see other people do it the other way and get away with it, you go, well, maybe, and then I go back to who I am and go, nah, I ain't doing it that way. Yeah, win so, with humility. Uh, yeah, the best I can, you know, whatever it is. Well, and then uh, you kind of mentioned your mom there and, and your dad, Lewis. Obviously, right. you guys are a tight-knit group there. And, um, you know, your dad wrote the book, The Coach's Coach, right? And, well, and, my, yeah, with my sister's help. You yeah, get with that. Kathy's help. Okay. We, have a, we have one smart one in the family. Yeah. <laughs> he writes the books. <laughs> she, yeah, helps she, she does a lot of interpreting and uh, <laughs> put it in – she'll do it with me. A lot of things that I think she can uh, orate a lot better than I can. So yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she helped him, but it was dad's thoughts and she just delivered them. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, it's you, it's a picture of you and Mike on the front of you guys. Yeah, coaches. It's, it's been, I've been blessed. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't trade. There are not too many places I would trade. If any, uh, that I would trade, I've been, I've been blessed and I'm still coaching. I told Mike the other day, I said, we found out who the best coach was. And he said, what are you talking about? And he said, I'm still coaching. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 gave a little, he gave a little bit of a chuckle. A lot. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Man. Uh, well, but anyway, anyway it's, I've been dad, you know, I'll never live up to him. He, uh, you know, I've tried to be the man he is, but that's difficult. And uh, mm -hmm. if I too hard, I'd be disappointed all my life. So, you know, I'm and one thing he taught is that you be your own person, and I am, and uh, try to do the best I can with it. Uh, if I tried to turn around and compare it to him, I'd probably be disappointed. So I, I tried. You know, he was who he was. And, uh, he was awful good to me, and uh, I am who I am. And I hope my kids feel the same way about me. I got nine. Eight grandkids now, eight grandkids, four children. So, uh, you know, love them to death. And, uh, you know, that's they're bigger than basketball. You know, uh, I've never. Somebody asked me the other day. He said, uh, 
you know, man, it was a tough, 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 you know, but we're behind you. And I said, well, I appreciate that because people are more important to me than W's. So yeah. I, I, I try to keep it that way. It's hard sometimes. Sometimes you, uh, uh, you go, you, you stray as, as people will, but I always try to, uh, recorrect and get back to who I am and understand that, uh, life uh, that that sun lit over that gorge there mm-hmm. important in uh the little game i play so uh i try to stay that way so it always comes up the next day yeah it always does you know and then you got to have like i said you got to have the dips to get the highs you know and merry the, the merry-go-round ain't nobody standing in line i love it the sun does not always shine in west virginia but the people always do <laughs> well, we were we, were we were 10 to 2 in, mm-hmm. in, it came up at after ten and went down at two, so mm-hmm. ten to two you get to see sun. Yeah, went over the mountains. <laughs> ten to two, that's a that's yeah, funny. Ten to two. Yeah, heard that. Yeah, so we were ten to two boys had one TV station, one radio station, a lot of bicycle tag and pick up football and pick up basketball. And, and you know, one thing good about Mullins during that time that we were there is that the parents really let kids be kids and they promoted it. They helped. And we had five playgrounds. You had uh, little leagues going on, started basketball in the second grade playing. And those were all parents giving their time volunteering to help the young people have a good time as a young person. Mm-hmm. And they probably got the benefit of watching uh, us play. And they got the, it's like at Christmas, you know, the thing is always better to give, watch people enjoy what you give than it is to get what they give and play with it. So that's kind of where I am. Uh, good deal. Well said. Well yeah. said. Well, look, Daniel, we'll let you get back to your busy Wednesday. Yeah, and we appreciate you. Good yeah, go to West Virginia. You know, yeah. always a good West Virginia boy. And just remember that little corner over there that says, Heard, we are West Virginians. And this is where West Virginians play.